It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Landon, how are you enjoying Victory Monday today? Oh my gosh. it's I, I personally have had so much going on that I have not gotten the opportunity to fully enjoy it. And I'm afraid that because of the short week, it's all just going to pass me by. So I'm just going to really enjoy yes. this 20 minutes that we have of recording this and be very excited and thankful uh, during this time period. So be prepared, be prepared for I've, that. I've learned that victories are a lot less sweet than losses are bitter. I, you know, you kind of forget about a win after 24 hours, but a, a loss, it just kind of stays with you. But especially in a short week like this when the Cowboys will take on the the Redskins in just, a, you know, what, 48, 70, some, 72 hours, something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be quick. So let's go ahead and review the Cowboys win over the Falcons on Sunday. And man, that one was nerve-wracking. Um, the Cowboys win 22 to 19. Uh, they comes off a game-winning field goal by Brett Maher. Uh, Dallas drove down the field with I think it was less than a minute left in the clock. Uh, it was just an outstanding drive by Dak Prescott. Uh, I want to start with the offense because I, at times they looked really good yesterday in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was maybe their best quarter of the season. They put up 16 points, two touchdowns, and then obviously that game-winning field goal. But for the first three quarters of that draw of that game. The offense didn't really have much going. What did you see from the Cowboys' offense in Week Eleven? I actually think that they were good. I mean, I, I think you know the the thing is is that yeah they didn't put up a, a points. Obviously, they only scored I think three points in the first half. Uh, but they had a fourteen play drive, if I'm not mistaken, and and yeah. you know they capped it with what would have been normally probably a touchdown pass to, to Cole Beasley, who uh, you know just uncharacteristically kind of dropped it you know in the end zone. So. Um, you know, I think that if you look back through the lens of the idea that look and, and uh, you know prepare yourself because I feel like this is going to be a very similar situation when we play New Orleans. I, I, to me, the the point of the first half was to shorten it as much as possible. You know, to to get to get through that uh, that whole first half with with trying to get you know as few opportunities for Atlanta's offense to be on the field and score points. 
as possible. And, and in that way, it was a complete success. They were able to kill the majority between the defense and the offense. They were able to kill the majority of the of the first half and you know get through while not even allowing a touchdown by a very very good. Uh, offensive team, and I think once the second half rolled around, you know, it, it was one of those things where they couldn't. You know, I, I think that the, the situation is that you don't want to let Atlanta run away from you in the first half, you know, because once they get rolling and they they get going and they and they start, you know, having a lot of success, uh, you know, suddenly you're on the field a lot. Then your offense is pressing and they're you know can't convert, get back. You're they're, the Atlanta offense is back on the field and suddenly you're down by 14 points and it's tough to catch up against this defense, against this offense when it's scoring. Sure. So I think the idea was for the Cowboys – you know, try to t- keep it all in front of them, allow their defense, which they had a lot of faith in, which you know, proved to be wise, uh, to kind of, you know, do its part and try to, you know, get this t- other offense into third down situations and then stop them on third downs. And then for the offense, you know, efficiency about ma- moving the ball down the field, not turning the ball over, uh, you know, and I, I, and I think that played out itself a little, little bit later too when, when people were trying to, Get the Cowboys to you know at the end of the game, throw it to the end zone or throw it down the field. And the Cowboys, like they were playing their game plan to the T, and it and it and it actually is what ended up winning the game. You know, and I think the first half it didn't look like great from a point standpoint, but what they were able to do and and able to keep Atlanta's offense off the field and and keep their defense, which if you remember, came into the game. Uh, shorthanded at, at a defensive line, which is you know a spot where you need to be rotating your people anyways because you you get so exhausted. Uh, they were able to really shorten that first half, uh, get to a situation where they were uh, in, in a safe spot in the second half. And then if you saw in the second half, uh, they clearly had a lot more uh, offensive success, offensive success. I think they were four or five on scoring drives in the second half. So. Yeah, let's look at those drives really quickly. So they got the ball in the third quarter to start. Eight-play drive uh, that led to a field goal. Their next drive was a 14-play, 75-yard touchdown drive that took up eight minutes. Their next one was the, the after the Leighton Van Der Esch interception, a two-play drive uh, that led to a touchdown, and then they had a punt, and then they finished the game on a 10-play, 51-yard drive. So, uh, yeah, to your point, the, the second half, for the most part, they were really yeah. good. I think you know. Again, uh, the the first half was about shortening it, about beating up on their uh, their defense a little bit, and getting them ready so that when it was time to decide the game, the Cowboys were going against a uh, beat up, tired defense that they knew that they could both run and pass on at that point. And Atlanta was pressing, and and they had success, of course. But you you, you know we saw we saw them uh, have success. But at that point, Dallas could play off a little bit, make them march down the field and take long drives. And the Cowboys were able to answer with their own long drives and con- continue, even though Atlanta was kind of having offensive success. Dallas was in control of the game almost throughout the whole game, really. And and I think that's really what, I mean, as far as the pace and the timing, they didn't let uh, Atlanta, you know, get into the quick scoring offense, get get down the field a whole bunch. They had one drive where they get, got down the field and scored a touchdown. Um, and, and that's obviously a tribute to the, the, the defense, of course, and we'll talk a lot about them. But part of that is about the offense as well. You know, it's about, you know, keep, keeping that defense fresh for the second half, 
um, and providing opportunity, limiting the offensive opportunity of Atlanta to the point where um, now suddenly we get into the second half and every every drive counts and we are playing a much more a much higher efficiency game than they are right they, they have to move they found some success running the ball a little bit but the, the way that they were going to score was having to throw the ball and they're good at throwing the ball but I will take their success rate throwing the ball uh, against our defense versus our success rate running the ball against their defense all day and that's it, it ended up what being the, the difference in the game the, talking about shortening the game, the Cowboys had two drives, and this is just crazy to me in today's NFL. They had a drive of 15 plays for 85 yards that took up 7 minutes and 30 seconds, and then another drive that was 14 plays, 75 yards that took up 8 minutes. So right there, you're looking at an That's entire, an entire quarter. quarter with two drives uh, right there. They they basically <laughs> ate drives. up the entire. We'll just say they ate up the entire first quarter in two drives. And and again, like when you talk about these explosive offenses, you know, you talk about how do you stop a team that has Jones and, and Ridley and Sanu and, and Matt Ryan's a quarterback and Ted, you know, and Coleman's you know, the running back who's good and Ridley, you know, you, you stop these guys. It's not in the modern NFL, the, the rules don't allow you to stop these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in that sure. truest yep. sense. So what you have to do is limit their opportunities, make them, have to convert difficult third down situations and then clamp down in the red zone. And the Cowboys defense was able to do all three of those things with a plum. Let's pause and we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me guys. They are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is so easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past. And that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way over to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points the player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the the rushing a game and the offensive line because this was just another game in which the Cowboys controlled the offensive line or controlled the trenches for the second week in a row. Ezekiel Elliott was fantastic. He had 23 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. He also added seven catches for 79 yards uh, in the passing game. How did the Cowboys have so much success running against Atlanta on Sunday? A lot of patience. You know, it looked like you know Zeke had. 
a lot of time behind the line of scrimmage to, to wait for holes to develop uh, and then squirt through for runs. Um, you know, I, I got to say, it feels like a lot of what was happening in the run game was, you know, Ezekiel Elliott playing very well. You know, I think he, he, he executed a couple different runs where – uh, he had to wait for the hole to develop a little bit, and his patience and his explosiveness allowed him the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, he was uh, his contact balance continues to be obviously elite, um, and and also you know the run game. I think Brian Brada said it best. You know, Z, Dak Prescott had four carries for five yards, but those five four carries were very crucial. Uh, I'm pretty sure two of them converted first first downs and one of them was touchdown so and that all has everything to do with Ezekiel Elliott you know because you know Beasley or whoever the defensive end is is crashing down to stop Elliott because Elliott's crushing them you know all over the field it it seemed like they made a commitment to stop Dallas from trying to um, run the ball on the outside you know it felt like you know the the linebackers were doing a good job of over pursuing and getting to the outside and there were a couple of different times when they got tosses to the outside that it just wasn't very much room but it felt like everything in the middle was was happening and you know the the guy people were talking about some of the penetration on on xfs xsf's side um and, you know, uh, you know they were playing Grady Jarrett. I mean, Grady Jarrett's a, a hell of a defensive tackle. You know, and 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 th- that's yeah. what he's going to want to do. But they were ultimately able to uh, take advantage of that a little bit and get you know push him past uh, the pocket and then run the ball. And you know, he just Zeke it was falling forward on every play. I mean, he had a, he had a couple of big runs, but really it was just a matter of. Seven yards, six yards, five yards, six yards, four yards, seven yards. You know, like it, it was a it was a constant stream of of successful plays that set up good situations. Um, and then Dak Prescott did a good job of of taking what was given to him and and, and converting that. Absolutely. I mean, I thought this was maybe Zeke's best game in terms of being just so consistent yeah. from each play. I mean, there was a couple times. They, they ran, I'm trying to think what kind of run it was, but they ran to the short side of the field with two tight ends over there, and it looked like it should have been like a four-yard loss, and somehow yes. Zeke's able to kind of bounce around, be patient, and get it to about a yard and a half. It was those type of plays that, you know, it goes down to the stat sheet as a one- or two-yard run, but it probably should have been a four-yard loss, and it keeps your drives alive, and that's how you can sustain yeah. those 14- and 15-play drives. So uh, just an outstanding job by Ezekiel Elliott. Go ahead. I thought you were going to add a little bit more. Well, no, I mean, I was just agreeing. I think that, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, efficiency and, you know, you nailed you nailed it on the head, is that one of the things that makes Zeke so um, – fantastic and just you know so elite is 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 a difficult thing to see and that is you know he what you described he does not take uh uh losses like that you know he does a great job of fighting so hard and he like I said, we always talk about how he falls forward too but he does such a great job even when he's in a difficult situation um that of just making sure of uh, that he finds a way back to the line of scrimmage, that he isn't taking loss. He understands that that taking a loss of you know for a team that's supposed to be building on running efficiency is something that the Cowboys can't afford. You know, it's just it, it's, the, it's the this offense struggles when it gets behind uh, the line of scrimmage, when it gets I'm sorry behind the chains. Um, and 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 I think that Zeke has taken it upon himself to try to 
make sure that when he has the ball and he's in a rough situation behind the line of scrimmage that he's doing everything he can to get them beyond that. Because it really, I mean, it's small, and we're talking about four or five yards here, but, I mean, you just need to go look at the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I I know by my eyeballs, the Cowboys struggle when they have to deal with third and eight through 12 versus oh, third and four through six. You know, this is the team. This team is built to be efficient enough that by the time they arrive on third down, they don't have far to go. Elliot had 22 carries on uh, Sunday and 13 of them were for at least four yards. So just kind of talking about that consistency Uh, really quickly before we move on to the defense, I kind of just, I was watching the, the game today and there was a big play in this game that people kind of forget, but it was in the third quarter, the Cowboys had a third and one, and Ezekiel Elliott fumbled. And the and if the Dallas doesn't recover that ball, Atlanta gets the ball down inside Dallas territory, uh, looking to go up um, you know, by two scores. The ball kind of gets kicked back. Lyle Collins not only falls on the ball, but he's able to advance it far enough to to get a first down. Uh, just just an incredible play, the heads up play by Lyle Collins. So I just wanted to to kind of throw that out there because I know when you you win a close game like this, there's so many plays that you can kind of pick and choose to go back on. Uh, that one just kind of stuck in my mind. So let's go ahead and talk about the defense a little bit. And uh, I, I thought it was an interesting game by them. Um, the, the Falcons were able to kind of move the ball up and down the field on Dallas. But once again, it was their red zone defense that made that made the plays. Um, obviously, Leighton Vander Esch had another spectacular game. Uh, he ended up with eight tackles, three pass deflections, a quarterback hit, and the interception that kind of changed the game. Uh, what did you think about this Cowboys defensive performance on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the defense had a great game. I mean, it it looked. Yeah, you're right. That that the, the you know, especially if you look at the the stats for Atlanta. I mean, they it looks like they had a good game. I mean, you know, uh, Jones had over 100 yards receiving, almost 120 yards receiving. Matt Ryan had almost 300 yards, uh, you know, throw passing, 94 yard, a uh, 94.1 passer rating. Uh, you know, when you look at it from that point of view, uh, it, you know, they had good fantasy numbers, I guess, except for. You know touchdowns. You know they had one touchdown, and it was a, a, thir- a thirty-four, a, right, thirty-four yard touchdown to, to Jones. So, um, uh, but out, yeah. So it was a lot of empty yards, and and I think that that's that's been a lot of what the Cowboys defense has been about. You know, is giving up a lot of empty yards and not and not points. Um, you know, it, the thing about it is that if you look at the the despite the fact that the Cowboys are trying to shorten the game and, and, and despite the, the, their ability to get these long drives, they still uh, only won the time of possession game by like three minutes, you know? So um, I think that, well, about maybe about four minutes, but, you know, I, I think, you know, that had a lot to do with the fact that the Atlanta was able to move the ball uh, a lot more uh, efficiently, you know, especially in the second half. Um but I think that I think overall, if you know, if you look at how the Cowboys were able to manage uh, some very difficult receivers, I mean, I think we're going to have to have a conversation about Awuzi a, a little bit further. I mean, clearly had some struggles, but the but even Awuzi, like you know, 
he was in position at, at a lot of these points. It wasn't like he was being blown off the ball or anything like that. It's just that he was there and he didn't make the play when the ball arrived, you know? Um, so I, I think that overall, I thought the defense played fantastic. I mean, I mean, considering at the end of the day, they scored one touchdown against you, like kudos to, to you overall, and especially considering what was on the field. You know, they were, they had, you know, guys, they had literally a guy they had to pull up, uh, for the practice squad taking snaps, you know. So, do you know how many I, I do think, you know how many red zone attempt or trips they had in this game? If you had to guess, uh, I would say. We'll let's see. Let's. They have many drives. That, I would say four, five, one. They had one trip that came inside the red zone all game long and they kicked a field goal they got right down to about the three yard line and that was actually the play that was the only time they made it in the red zone that, so i guess they what they they had oh that's right because they ended up having the sack and they had to punt that one time yeah, but, and then yeah god that's right so they put up big wow. numbers between the 20 and the 20 but they really didn't ever they, they never really challenged the cowboys in the red zone uh and then again yeah. on the one drive that they did reach the red zone they were stopped on third down. They tried to throw a pass to Austin Hooper. Late Van Rush knocked it away, and they had to settle for a field goal. So the Cowboys' defense gave up a lot of yards but did not let them get in the red zone. That's well, a pretty big it, deal. It goes back to their philosophy, and this is a team-wide philosophy, and, and that is, you know, okay, forget about the last play, and then let's move on to the next one. And they optimize, They really do a great job of trying to optimize the performance of each play. You know, and That's something that, that Garrett drives home, that, but that's also something that's very much uh, you know, something that Marinelli drives home as well, is, is that you know, these are... Forget about what happened in the previous play. You just need to go out and, and, and you know, maximize the next play. And I think that when you talk about what happens to this defense is like... They don't let chunk plays necessarily roll over onto the next, the rest of the drive. Like they, they will allow a chunk play and then maybe turn around and then go, you know, make you throw three incompletions in a row and punt. You know, like they're very, they do a really good job of okay, we didn't get him this time, but you know, we're gonna, you know, we're not, we're gonna keep it in front of us. Maybe you'll get us for a couple of these, but we're gonna, you know, that's we're not gonna get disheartened. We're gonna, you know, keep fighting. And then again. All it takes, especially with these offenses, is that you put them in, make them work for those third downs, you know, make them, force them into third down situations, and then make those third down situations extremely difficult. You know, it's for passing teams like this, even the good ones, like you make them scratch and claw for every every yard and and sometimes there's someone's going to be on the wrong page you know someone's going to be uh uh in the wrong place at the wrong time someone's not going to catch the ball and 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 you're going to find a way to take advantage of that and, and you know if you consistently make them earn every single yard and and I think that's the difference between playing a, an offensive a passing based offense versus a run based offense a run based offense can safely if it can get pick up yards in the run game can safely move the ball down the field without you know very efficiently without having to uh uh you know risk losing the ball or risk putting the ball in the air when you pa- play a passing game like this if you can keep it all in front of you and you can force them to work for every single claw for every single yard Things like things like Calvin Ridley's the ball bouncing off Calvin Ridley's hand up in the air are going to happen, and if you can take advantage like Leighton Vanderesh did, then your team is going to win. 
Speaking of first round picks and Calvin Ridley, I want to talk a little bit about Leighton Van Resch before we go. Oh boy! <laughs> what? I didn't say anything bad about no, no, Calvin no, it's Ridley. Just, yet. I, it's, no, it's just funny that I, I, I was speaking. I, I didn't was, say failed was... first round picks. Come on! Oh now. my god! All right. Okay. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about Leighton Van Resch. Um, his performance on Sunday was a little up and down to me. And I, this is going to sound like I'm picking on him, but I'm not. Uh, he made the, some big, big plays in this game, and that's why the Cowboys drafted him. Obviously, the interception was a big one, and I mentioned the um, the pass deflection. He's going to be a guy that makes a lot of big plays, but you can still see sometimes where uh, he, he looks like a rookie. And Actually, this goes for both him and Jalen. Uh, they weren't particularly great in coverage yesterday. I think they were they got uh, sucked in by the play action a couple different times. But in the end, those two linebackers are dynamic enough to make game-changing plays and that's what the Cowboys need for them. So what did you see from Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith in week 11? See, I think they played fantastic all around. And 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 the reason I do is because and I'm going to provide again some context here. Think think about what they had to do yesterday you know they we talked about this defense missing you know being extremely shallow at the defensive tackle position so they had to make sure that you know they had to be the driving physical force in the middle of the field and they also had to be able to drop back into coverage to you know get underneath the likes of julio jones and calvin ridley and, and muhammad sanu Right, like that's an incredible task to ask two extremely young linebackers. Uh, you know, yeah, did they did they uh, execute every every play uh, perfectly? No, of course. They, they, you know, they they tended to um, maybe play the run a little bit heavy early on when they should have been focusing. You know, not biting on the play action as much. And then you know, and then when you see that they did that as much, they did that a little bit more. You saw that they were. You know, Smith was getting a little bit more chunk plays, or Tevin Coleman was getting a couple more chunk plays inside, right? So, you know, it's kind of a pick your poison situation to a certain degree for those linebackers when you're missing your your you know your full array of defensive tackles. But I think that you know what in it, you're not wrong that that the performance at times was not great, but I think it, it wasn't necessarily because of poor play on their part. I think they were put into a very difficult position for those young linebackers. And I think that they played it actually very well. If you, if you consider like all the things that they had to deal with, I mean, they, you know, dealing with all of those passing weapons, you know, going behind you, knowing that you need to be dropping into coverage to provide support underneath, but also being responsible for your, your run keys is like, that's a difficult thing, especially on play action pass. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.